0: That's one way to slay a Christmas song. (laughs) This brother-sister reunion will unwrap a family secret of royal proportions. Mom, are you a duchess? Well, I suppose it's time you learned the truth. I feel like I am in the middle of some fairy tale.
1: There's something about this place.
0: This is the best Christmas I've had in a long time. Scotland forever! A Merry Scottish Christmas on Hallmark. Hello or Mick hello and welcome to another episode of stocking stuffers. I'm here again as you heard we are going north and for me we are going east, east-west, east, east and north up to Scotland, kind of maybe we'll talk about that for a merry Scottish Christmas. And obviously as you probably gathered, I am not Scottish in any way, shape or form. So therefore I can't I can't handle this by myself. I don't know what's real and what's not. I don't know if it is still a thing that you say in 2023 of asking a man wearing a kilt what he's wearing underneath. So therefore, I turn to the expert, not just an expert in all things Scotland, but also in movies and Christmas movies. It is the one, the only Kevin Matthews of Raiders of the Podcast. Kevin, tell us the proper way to say hello in Scotland.
1: I am uh, equally bemused by now, Emily. I, I think <laughs> I should just say, okay, the new. I think I should be wearing a kilt right now, right? And uh, probably pay, playing bagpipes at yes. some point.
0: Yeah. Yes, I, I, think, I fully I expect I at some embody. point in recording that, like, I'm just going to jump because I'm going to hear you just take out bagpipes to play into the next intro. It's a thing that like everybody in Scotland does, right?
1: Yeah, uh, with a lunch of whiskey and biscuits every day,
0: mm-hmm,
1: and okay. uh, and obviously haggis for breakfast.
0: Every, every morning, right? Like the same it, way I have cereal, you have haggis.
1: Yes, okay. every morning. Uh, if you don't have a full-cooked breakfast, just put the haggis on the cereal. Just mm. enjoy the haggis anywhere you can.
0: Oh, I like this. So like the fat of the haggis sort of becomes like the milk and softens like your cereal. Does that work?
1: It, it does, and you can have it still hot, or you mm. can leave it to cool. <gasps> And do oh, wow. that, or you can have a spare drawer of porridge available, porridge <gasps> oats.
0: Ooh, okay. Have
1: you tried porridge oats?
0: Uh, I can't say I have, no. <laughs> uh,
1: that is, aside from the the haggis chat, porridge oats are a very nice hearty breakfast, in okay. all honesty.
0: <laughs> and you wash all of this down with a Mac mistletoe mocha, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. always got to have your Mac Mistletoe mochas, uh, they'll probably be in small tartan cups as well. Yes,
0: yes. I, I know everybody listening thinks that we're joking, but, like, these are all things that happen in this movie, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so now, a merry Scottish Christmas, uh, my only other, like, I, I had a friend growing up who had whose mother was Scottish, so, like, I knew her accent, but I also couldn't understand most of what she said, so that never really helped me learn anything. Um, so I'm not even going to try but my, we we have a lot to dive into this movie. So just overall, I just need to ask: How, on a scale of like one bagpipe to the traditional number of pipes in a bagpipe, how many bagpipes of authentic Scottishness is in this movie?
1: Um, maybe two. Mm, okay, like there there is actually a thing if you uh, go about the UK. For your fry-up in the morning, if you have the full cooked breakfast, mm. genuinely, you can have a full English, which has of okay. And if you are north of the border, they will call it a full Scottish, and you will have a slice of haggis on the plate. Oh, wow. So that that is, although we're joking about it, that is... Like it is uh, actually a thing that
0: happens all the yeah, time.
1: If you go to a lot of sorry, hotels and B&Bs that are doing the full Scottish, mm. uh, you'll do it. I have done it. I have uh, partaken of that, and it's quite nice. So okay, that is delicious. something that I thought was authentic. Okay. Uh, some some people do like the whiskey, probably some in a mocha, but we definitely don't have uh, bagpipers constantly playing Christmas <laughs> carols to wake you up in the morning.
0: So in other words, you don't live in hell.
1: No, that would definitely be, uh, that, that would be someone getting murdered at 7am in the morning.
0: Okay, that makes perfect sense. Uh, so I did pick this movie Once I saw that it was there And I knew I could have you as a guest I said, like, I mean, come on It is a 2023 Hallmark original Uh, again, oddly enough For some reason, um, I don't Get the Hallmark channel on my cable box But I can DVR the Hallmark channel So it's a fun hack for anybody out there So I recorded it that way and watched it Which meant I I got to kind of check Check out a couple commercials, which is always fun When you're watching these movies, um You have, you know, some form of access to the Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Movies. And this one, we had to be careful because now this is the first, I'm sure there have been several other in the past, you know, 15 years, Scottish-like Christmas movies made for these networks. This is my first one. You had mentioned, you had watched another one a few years ago that was a, like, the Christmas, a Scottish Christmas or Christmas in Scotland? Chris,
1: Christmas in Scotland. Uh okay. no, I, mis- I mistakenly watched it a few weeks ago before <sighs> we'd settled on yes. this one.
0: Okay. But it,
1: uh, and that was directed by a man who'd also previously done a movie called Meet You in Scotland. So I think that's mm. his niche.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but I'll try not to confuse the two. They have certain crossover points. I mean, you're,
0: you're a hero if you can keep that all straight because I would not be able to. <laughs> So a Merry Scottish Christmas um, Has some interesting pedigree behind it So again, it's a Hallmark channel And it's the Lacey Chabert Who is doing at least two of these this year Um, Well, uh, Lacey Chabert Obviously has been like a Hallmark Stalwart for a very long time now Uh, I think she's kind of Probably become the number See, a couple years ago I think it was always a question of Who is the real star of Hallmark Who is the face of that network Is it Lacey Chabert or is it Candace Cameron? And I think I think for a while it was Candace Cameron, which I didn't understand. But then Candace Cameron, because she's a, an awful human being, defected from Hallmark to go to the Great American Family Network, which is all like Christian, you know, no gays, no no anything that doesn't go against that goes against their quote unquote values. So and Lacey Chabert, like I read an interview with her where the interviewer was kind of trying to say like, so did they did Great American Family try to get you too? Like did they ask? And she was. Lacey Chabert knows how to give an interview. She knows what to say and what not to say. She was, she seems like somebody who is very happy with Hallmark. Who has said like they've been with me, they, you know, they were supportive of me when I was pregnant during filming. Like my kids have been to set. Like they've been great to me all this time. Uh, I have nothing, you know, nothing but good things to say about Hallmark, and I have nothing to say about anything else. Um, so I always kind of respect that about her. That like I think she's, she knows that this is a good gig for her um i think she gets kind of her pick of what to do and for this one i i have to imagine this came about because of the oh hey we can get scott scott wolf to do one of these movies so scott wolf is uh are you familiar with scott wolf back in the 90s you must have been
1: Yes, he was the one who wasn't Michael J. Fox when he popped up.
0: That is the best description of Scott Wolf I have ever heard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, um, uh,
1: that's how I knew him, and probably uh, most well known for people who've watched Go. I think that oh, was. Yeah, I, I know he's in he Go. was also in, was he in White Squall.
0: Yep, White Squall is but what I think of him from.
1: I know him best from Go.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, he had a, a decent career. He never hit it huge. I think it seems like he doesn't. Seem it seems like he kind of has is like in not soft retirement, but um, I haven't seen, hadn't seen him in a while. And him and Lacey Chabert were together in Party of Five way back when. Uh. So I guess it must have been a oh hey we can do a Party of Five reunion. Wait a minute, if we put these two actors together, it, it's a little weird because people know them as playing brother and sister. So we can't have them in a romance because that would be weird, I think, for people. So I wonder, like, kind of chicken and egg, what came first? Was it, we're going to do a movie in Scotland, quote-unquote Scotland, we're going to do a movie with Lacey Chabert and Scott Wolf, like, how it all came together, however it did, we ended up with A Merry Scottish Christmas, directed by Dustin Reichert, um, was not familiar with the name, as is usually the case on these movies, Dustin Reichert has directed many of them. Um, did you uh, look at his filmography, or did anything kind of jump out to you on him?
1: Nothing jumped out. I browsed through his filmography, but like you, he may have been behind one or two that I've watched, and they all blur into one another.
0: Yes. And what's the funny thing about, and this is also how much I hate IMDb right now, they've changed their format, so you have to really, like, click a lot of buttons to keep seeing stuff, and it's very hard to realize that, because if you were to go to his page and look like you have to unclick buttons to get to what he directed and yeah the first like dozen are all christmas 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 and then you can see the turning point of when like where because he clearly started as most of these directors did in low-budget horror so there's things like haunted airplane uh ghost rock sense of echoes these things but one thing did stand out to me and i needed to learn more um he I don't know if you knew this was a thing. Apparently, in 2012, right before The World Didn't End, we got a movie called Easy Rider 2, The Ride Home. Uh,
1: no. That, <laughs> that, one, that one passed me by.
0: Crazy, right? How did we all miss that? Starring Jeff Fahey. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, from the director of Easy Rider 2, The Ride Home, we have *American Scottish Christmas, Written by um, lots of writers There are three people credited for writing this movie One of them is also Justin Reichert um, And then we also had two female We have Audrey Shulman and Andrea Canning uh, Both of whom have done some of these Andrea Canning has a very interesting also filmography uh, Because again, lots of, lots of Christmas movies Or movies uh, involving um, evil cheerleaders killer prom, the perfect cheerleader and webcam cheerleaders. So again, know your lanes and, and, and go wild in them. Right. So a merry Scottish Christmas, Kevin, will you walk us through the story of this movie and you can give spoilers. We all know how it's going to end. So it's okay. (laughs) If you tell them.
1: Okay. uh, So Lacey Chabert is Lindsay Morgan, a young doctor, Yes. We, we, we see meeting the, the first scenes are very confusing she This meets...
0: movie moved So quickly <laughs> I was stressed out watching this movie Like I listen to podcasts in double speed Because I just have things to do And every time I, I do that my husband hears it he, get, he gets like anxiety and he can't be in the same room This movie now I understand what it feels like To be that Because it <laughs> moves so quickly right
1: well, it does, but it's also not too clear. She meets no. up with the, her brother Brad Morgan at the airport, and that's Scott Wolf. He is with his partner Sarah, played by Kelly Blaze. That's not all entirely clear when they first meet. Oh no! You see, yeah. you see tension between them all.
0: I thought they were axes. And-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so did I, and yeah. so did my partner. And we're sitting there like, are they, are they exes? Are they going through a divorce? Yep. What's happening? Yep. And then eventually, you realise they are siblings. That uh, they're on their way to visit their mother, uh, Joe, played by Fiona Bell, and she is at a Scottish manor, large estate uh, slash hotel, and, something like uh, that. They're, they're looking around the hotel and uh, being told that they can't access this area of private rooms, which you soon realise the mother is in, so you know there's something up there. And uh, they eventually learn that they could be heirs to this area and the titles that come with that.
0: So, okay, is that still a thing in Scotland?
1: Well, I... I'm not entirely sure because unfortunately I'm not landed gentry mm-hmm. despite wearing the top <laughs> hat and monocle today. Yes, but, yes, uh, I feel it addressed. Um I mean there is definitely uh, throughout the UK, as far as I know, there is kind of lands and titles that keep being okay. passed on. Uh, I yes, did work in an establishment once where part of the daily routine uh, it was just portering, but you had to try and remember titles oh. and if if people have a title, say, on the male side, they're the ones who are addressed. But if it's on the, the female side, if they've married in to the, the the family, then it's the lady who has a title. And it was all complicated. Jeez, and wow. It, it's just a way of showing off. Uh, but anyway, there's also a hunky young man who helps to look after the estate. Mac. Obviously,
0: yes. <laughs> His name is Mac.
1: His name is Mac. Played by James Robinson. I mean, that's not as bad as the mad tour guide slash bagpipe player slash dancer who is called Hamish, of course. Like everybody Hamish. is in
0: Scotland, right? Like your sure, real uh, name is Hamish, right? It's like Hamish Kevin, right?
1: It's it's sometimes Jimmy at the weekends if I'm okay. Okay, that's fair. It's Hamish or Jimmy, <laughs> uh, that's it. and uh, and things. As you expect, you know, they're wondering whether they want to deal with the estate and have the titles. They are uh, wondering what happened in the past of the family tree. And Lacey Chabert is also uh, seemingly keen to get back to her practice. But gosh darn it, management seems to take up all her time nowadays rather than helping patients.
0: Yeah, life's really miserable When you're a successful doctor In the United States, in California Yeah, it's terrible Um, Yeah, this movie gave me serious Like, I was waiting for kind of a Midsommar Like, shoe drop of There is, the town needs these people To take on this role, right? Like, it's like, oh, what happens to the town If nobody claims title, I still don't really understand how that works. Like, so the businesses close and, like, Walmart moves in? How, what, what exactly goes on if somebody doesn't say, I'm the du- I'm the Duke?
1: I, I mean, surely you could just make your way in there and claim, like, squatter's rights and, yeah. and wear, wear a funny hat. Couldn't you just, funny.
0: like, elect a mayor and be like, hey, here's our mayor, so this person is going to keep us doing exactly what we've been doing for the last 500 years?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's all... Propaganda for trickle down economics.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's, the, it's the monarchy. These no matter what you do, it's and I know it's the same with Disney. Like, it always comes down to like, oh no, but it really is about your birthright. Which is just a terrible <laughs> lesson to ever have in a movie. Uh and it really like the, the conflict of this movie is essentially um we have this magical Scottish Wonderland where we are king and queen. Um, and we are like the May Queen. We win a dance contest, for goodness' sake. Um, so we can stay here and just luxuriate in the love and affection of the populace, or we can do that, like in California, and come back here, and everybody loves us. And go back. It's it's low stakes, I'd say.
1: It's it's very low stakes. I expected more stakes to come along yeah, because same. you you find out the backstory, and and their mother had sort of run away. She didn't want the the restrictions and everything that came with the the position. So she'd gone away. And then when she came back, there was one moment, I think, where they're walking about to town, where a couple of people kind of whisper them, oh, those Morgans are back. They're just trying to come back and sort of shuffle right into town and get their way. Yeah. And, and then that's it. Everyone else pretty much loves them immediately.
0: Yeah. I, I'd like a, this movie done, like... Sort of like a Flags of Iwo Jima, Flags of Our Father, Letters from Iwo Jima thing. Where, like, we had this movie. Now let's get the same timeline, but from the POV of the peasant. And see how, like, it really was. Like, they were finally going to make it out. But now they're back to sweeping floors because the monarchy has resumed. Uh, but, of course, everything ends happy. Uh, so happy, in fact, that we actually get a coda. Which, I I like having a coda because so many of these movies just end so abruptly to where, like, you have to rewind past, like, because you feel like you've missed something, because it just ended. Um, On this one, we do get a one year later, so uh, everybody's decided to stay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've just reminded me, the one year later and earlier on, sorry. What is, are they photos, are they paintings? Oh,
0: my God. What is going on? Oh, my God. I thought it was a Scottish thing. I thought maybe, like, you guys do family portraits differently than we do here in the (laughs) States. Because there, okay, so there's a family portrait that we see early on And then at the very end of the movie we get like a new one And a family portrait, now granted, there's kind of two ways you could do it At least until now (laughs) You could do, take today, like we all have a photograph That maybe you went to Sears and like they did a big picture of you, your family I have actually a very famous one somewhere in here Of like when I was five we did like a full family photo And it is the most 80s awkward looking picture you have ever seen Where there's blue eyeshadow and big hair galore Um, That's one way to do it The other way, if you're like royalty I assume Is that you sit for a a portrait artist Who takes out his brush and and paints you in oil And that grand uh, painting hangs over your fireplace What does this movie do? It kind of does... It's like you took both of those things And then like spilled milk on it And then said okay that's a picture
1: Yeah it reminded me I've seen those little videos of I think it's people doing a, a tech challenge For themselves taking a photo On a Game Boy Advance And then oh. processing it later yeah. It was like that with yeah. From Mr. Potato Head
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Uncanny Valley Strange I, I don't know what that choice was Right, 'cause like these are usually very cheap things to do, like these are cheap movies, and granted, this one probably had a bigger budget than a lot of them just because it did have the big guns um they filmed in europe uh there you know th- there was a a lot more behind this than some of these more quickly made ones but like how did that save money <laughs> because somebody had to look at that thing and that person needs therapy now
1: i think someone in the props department was like remember when you get that extreme close close-up of the boy that cameron stares at and ferris bueller's day off i want a whole painting like yeah that. yep it's just it's off and it will unsettle you it, it but will you can tell it's people kind of and then someone was like okay yeah that's
0: family okay um so yeah, and then within that, we find out everybody is happy, and, uh, and we even have a next generation, right? Because now we have the next, uh, Scott Wolf and his wife have a baby at the end, and I would like to know what human sacrifice, it was probably me as the peasant, was sacrificed for that baby, right? Because they talk about, like, they've been having trouble, they've been doing IVF, it's not working, and magically at the end, it's like, our miracle baby, there was definitely some, like, Scottish black magic happening, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we are lucky, they could have just sacrificed Hamish, but I can't remember if he might have been about the final scenes.
0: Oh, I like that. I'm going with it. That's how <laughs> I'm going to take this movie now. Uh, so with all of that, uh, let us dive into the tropes, because I will say one thing about this movie right off the top of the bat is that it is structured slightly different from these Hallmark movies, because... Your central relationship There is romance But the If you had to say What is the most important relationship Within this movie What would you say
1: uh, It's the It's a brother and sister Yeah Right
0: Yeah Right It really is about Lindsay and Not Michael J. Fox re, Like kind of rebonding And becoming siblings again And I liked that To me that was a twist I hadn't quite seen that As the focus of these movies So I appreciated That was a little different um, On that front It was something Uh, So we have kind of I guess we kind of split Our lead in need of a lesson In two in this case So the first one being The typical female Lead in need of a lesson Which is Lindsay Or Lacey We can call her either Because I have a feeling They they named the character that Because it was this way They could say both And it would work Um what was your thoughts on Lindsay uh, as both a character and uh, Lacey Chabert's performance?
1: I I thought she was okay. I really like uh, Lacey Chabert. I think uh, I'm happy for her to be the the queen of Hallmark uh, movies and the Christmas movies. She's a nice presence. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's sometimes a little bit kind of uh, too sweetness and light, I think, but that's, that's a sugary sweetness you get in these Christmas TV movies. Um, as for a character, though, uh, the the lesson, it's, I mean, all right, it's it's there, like, you know, get back to being a people person, kind of, uh, you know, there's the family connection. I'm never a big fan of movies that are kind of family over everything. Yeah. Because uh, that can be quite a... It does
0: not um... pay back your medical bills. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and, and for some people, like, that can be quite a... You know, there's quite a lot of toxicity that yeah, come from certainly. try to try to keep family uh, bonds there that maybe shouldn't have been. So it's it's a typical thing, but I wasn't as big a fan of that side. Nor did I think she needed a major lesson because mm-hmm. her and her brother had both had. I'm going to say misunderstandings, but when he accuses her of missing some party, she says, it was the night before my finals. For, like some exam. reasonable.
0: Like, yeah, that is really She's reasonable. She's a doctor. Those finals were probably <laughs> very hard. Yeah, I- I'm with you on Lacey Chabert. I think um, she, I don't think she phones these movies in. I think she does understand exactly what level of performance she needs to give for them. I think she is capable of giving much more interesting, dynamic performances. Um, and we, you know, we, like, just to call back Mean Girls, like, obviously she is, you know, we've never quite seen her do that again because hmm. it doesn't belong in these movies. I would love to see her play the villain in one of these movies and not, like, a redeemable one. Like, have her, maybe, maybe in, like, ten years when she's older, uh, have her show up as, like, the mean corporate boss who's bossing around, like, the Lacey Chabert of ten years ago. But, you know, also, like... That's for this network, her brand is very particular and she understands it and she she gives it exactly what she needs to give for it. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I guess she's supposed to be a workaholic, but again, like she's a doctor and she's running a practice. So, yeah, she probably should be. I want my doctor to be a workaholic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she obviously does not have a Christmas themed name. But let's the other side of this. So Scott Wolf as what was his character's name? Brad. Brad. A of, Brad. God, Brad. No offense to all the Brads out there, but it just <laughs> feels like a movie name that, like, when you don't know what to do, you name a character Brad. Um, I'm gonna say something, and well, first of all, one thing I did not like was that when the credits came up in the opening, it was Scott Wolf on top and Lacey Chabert on the bottom, and that felt very, very wrong to me, because. A, this is more her movie than his Anyway, but also like It's a it's a hallmark movie Like Lacey Chabert is the star of this thing Like why is he suddenly built before her But anyway um, I want to say something that I don't want to come out the wrong way It was really refreshing To see Scott Wolf Looking like a man of his age on this network In this movie
1: Oh, he's aging like fine wing
0: Yeah, he's aging uh, lovely uh. And uh, uh there is you know it not that you can always tell when somebody is doing a lot of botox or so on and it's fine if you do i get it people do it you have to do it but there were a lot of shots in the movie where i looked at him i'm like he looks like a real person of his age and that is very refreshing to see um,
1: i think in our five years or so he could look a, a bit more similar to uh, timothy olf and, and that's no bad thing for anyone
0: no no i could see that let's let's get the two of them in a like one of like the gay lifetime hallmark movies i'll take that yeah uh let's see so he is also a bit of a workaholic and what is his job did you clock it
1: it's it's accountancy i think
0: oh i thought it was i thought he was like a like a not a patent lawyer but like i thought it was on the legal side of something
1: I mean, maybe, but I like thought compliance, legal. Yeah, oh, I thought he was a lawyer, a
0: but like a lawyer uh, that like just does paperwork all day. But <laughs> the both of us that, didn't clock it correctly. No, Tells you something about. We
1: didn't, we didn't get enough because he said he could do certain things uh, to help the estate, right. but not not anything really in terms of knowing how to generally manage and run an estate.
0: Mm, okay, but, yeah, but
1: I think he could help with. Uh, some aspects so that might have been something to do with compliance mm-hmm. or, or it might have been accountancy i mean i'm just happy i'm not thinking of uh the light-fitting lady in christmas in scotland so i've not confused everything you're doing so great far. i just <laughs> haven't remembered his exact yeah. job
0: well, this, this movie is – in. there's a lot of things that come up where, like, it's very overwritten in some dialogue. So there's some – and this is where I wonder if it was – because I see, like, the script has, like, two names and then it's also the director. And I wonder if the director here and there was like, no, we need to be clearer about our metaphors here. So there's one line that I caught that he says – and this is why I thought he was a lawyer – was, um, you know, <clears throat> the statute of limitation runs out on everything, including re- – including rekindling relationships at christmas which feels like the way a hallmark writer would write the way a lawyer speaks <laughs> but he i guess discovers that he'd rather be a duke or something i sure right
1: yeah and and that i mean that gives him more time with his wife because if the you, idea. if you're a duke with your entire estate then you generally have more time you can just hang think, about at home
0: yeah i mean isn't it it's the dream of everybody to just like not work
1: yeah, yeah. just just wear Live in a castle fineries and have bagpipes
0: and, yeah. around you every day that is the price you pay uh now we do have a love interest uh and obviously our love interest is typically either a poor little rich boy or a handsome kind man who works with his hands in this case we get the latter and as we said the character's name is mac uh mac bell so we didn't get a Christmas-themed lead name, but I think Mac Bell feels like it's supposed to maybe call something Christmassy to mind. Uh, tell me about Mac. What did you think of him? I
1: I quite liked him. Um, I thought I thought he was a, a good potential uh, romantic lead. Mm-hmm. He um, he looked the part, and I'm happy yeah. they didn't put someone in who would completely mangle the accent. I'm yeah, well, I guess he
0: Scottish. is Scottish, right? So yeah. the reason I'm guessing that is because his credits include he was he played the young William Wallace in Braveheart. Yes, I feel like uh, that's he, cred right there.
1: He was born in Glasgow. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, he's fine. And I think all of the main uh, cast members who weren't obviously in the family that were there were either Scottish or Irish performers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so that's that's better than say, filming in America, and try to get people to learn an accent for one or two scenes.
0: You know, I was thinking about that, uh, because it's going to move on to number three, which is the setting of Big Bad City, Charming Small Town, Magical Winter Wonderland, here we get kind of Charming Small Town. Because D- this was not, to my knowledge, from what I can see in IMDb, it was filmed in Ireland, not Scotland.
1: Uh, yes, well, I went by the same information. It's nowhere I recognised, but I I haven't been to too many large... Mm-hmm. Castles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not on your, your, like, Thursday night. Hey, what do you want to do, hon? Oh, no, it's going to be a castle. Yeah. That's I'll not what buy, you guys do there? and play some bagpipes.
1: Buy, buy my meal deal at Tesco and just go home. I don't stop by and see the local dick or the lairds.
0: You know, don't enter a dance contest on, like, a Wednesday happy hour?
1: Sadly not.
0: So. <laughs> so it is... I was thinking, if you are Scottish, or if you're Irish, rather, I guess is doing a scottish accent easier is it more in line with say me being a new yorker doing a tennessee accent versus me doing an irish accent is there a like do you do that growing up like do you like what is the your like as your way of thinking as and now you're living in england but as somebody who grew who grew up in scotland Like, did you jokingly do Irish accents as a kid? Did you do British accents? Like, is it something that is uh, something you play with the way I feel like there's a little bit of that here? Like, my husband and I constantly, like, we'll just say Pepperidge Farm Cookies, or sometimes is better, when we want to just do, like, you know, New England accents. We know we're doing them terribly, but it's, like, something that just, you know, you do here, because you kind of joke about it. Is it similar, but just all UK-based by you?
1: Uh, Well... I think so, but I used to do uh voices quite a lot when I was younger, but I was an only child, and I would entertain <laughs> myself a lot. Of,
0: I had an so. imaginary friend who was British and another one who was from Wales.
1: I don't know if that's uh if that's a typical thing, but yeah, I think you know if you are if you're over here and uh talking about different people you know or different things you see on TV. Uh, you can do. Mm. That doesn't mean everyone will do them well. Sure. But Same but here. you you get more exposure to them. Like I wouldn't necessarily know uh, if you were doing different regional accents, and then you're telling me where they are, I'd probably just shrug and be like, "Okay, but sure." I don't know. You know, I don't know what that is, and I accept that. In every American movie I watch, mm. sometimes someone will comment and say, "Yeah, but the accents were terrible for that area." I'm like, "It all sounds." americanese to right, right 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 generally fine so we've got uh obviously scottish accents uh, irish accents welsh accents and, uh, and a variety of uh, english accents oh yeah kind of the liverpool scouse the the birmingham uh mm-hmm. the, the, the londoners the uh the white boy cockneys in it like you could just yeah. rattle through woods. I'm not going to offend anyone else. By I mean, saying. there were
0: five Spice Girls and I believe they were all from different parts of England. <laughs> so I, I get that. Yeah. All right. So the uh, charming small town of this feudal Scottish kingdom that requires royal blood to maintain it. Uh, seems like a cute place to live. Lots of lots of pubs, lots of food, uh, dancing. I mean, I, I, like, if, if I found out that I had inherited a title there, I would like to take that title.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely would. It seemed like a, a nice, cute little place.
0: Yeah. Uh, so moving on to number four is our dead parents or dead wife. In this case now, a little bit of a little bit of twists and such. Um, What were your clockings of the various dead elders in this movie?
1: Uh, I was, this is a sentence I, I, I don't want to take it out of context, but I was disappointed there wasn't an immediate dead relative. Same, same. So I've been (laughs) clocking it
0: this year. This is a new thing I've added is I am clocking at what, which point in the movie we hear the first reference of a dead parent usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this case, it was 17 minutes in, which is long. I mean, so far I've gotten three minutes, two minutes. So 17 minutes in, we get the dead brother, uncle, we get dead grandparents, actually. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, my parents died. Uh, after you were born, because the kids are really pissed about the fact that their mother didn't tell them about her life before, and they're really mad that they were denied a relationship with their grandparents and dead uncle, which just seemed a little bit petty to me. Like I don't know, like people have different relationships with their grandparents, but like I, it seems like I, I don't know, like if my mother didn't want me to meet her mother, I like there's a reason for that. I don't know, but uh. Yeah, no, I agree like cuz we also get something in this movie that's kind of wild. We get divorce.
1: Yes. Well, I meant to ask you cuz I couldn't remember exactly what the situation had been with the father. He yeah. was a he was a musician?
0: Yeah, cuz she when Joe left Scotland when she was 20, she didn't want to become duchess. <laughs> she left with this man who she fell in love with and they were a folk band for a while in the states. And then I guess at some point they divorce. I I don't remember where in the movie they tell us that, uh, or like it's in. We learn it very early on because they talk about like I spent Christmas with Dad, um, but how old the kids were when they divorced? Because I think that's supposed to be like kind of when their relationship fell apart. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Joe and her husband, these kids' father divorced, which is.
1: I mean, this they could have improved this film fifty percent if they just said he was a skater boy she said see you later boy <laughs> that, that would be
0: very happy true 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 um so yeah there, there's there's there is later on um the love interest mac mac bell let's not forget his name is mac bell uh he mentions that he has a dead dad but that's like yeah, way probably. down in the movie and it feels very yeah. like you could have said that earlier, just because it's, it's,
1: not, it's not good enough, Emily. It's it's I a know. minor dead dad. It is, it is.
0: I feel like what this movie did was it it like tried to add up a lot of because we don't have a primary dead wife or dead parent, so instead no. it's like dead grandparents, dead uncle, plus love interest, dead dad. Together cumulatively, they can equal one dead wife. But I don't think that's really fair.
1: The master nobody is nobody is defined by the loss in the way that yeah, they are in yeah. other Christmas no, TV. No.
0: No, I'm with you on that. Uh, it is a problem. So no number five is our sassy sidekick. Uh, typically, this is a friend, a coworker, a sister. Usually it is female, sometimes gay man. Uh, in this case, I, I feel like there's a little twist going on here. Who do you think? I think there is a, a sassy sidekick. Um, do you and who would you identify in that part?
1: Well, the the obvious choice might be uh, bagpipe playing Hamish that,
0: that's, that's who I thought Yeah, uh,
1: and uh, I wondered if they were going to do any more with uh, I think his name was, Is it Graham? is that the butler type?
0: yeah, game? maybe I I, um, I just wrote down magical butler I don't think he is magical but yeah. he felt like he was supposed um,
1: to be <laughs> yeah, I thought he might come into another category so I think the, the strongest contender is, is Hamish yeah. who has his moments of being lightly amusing. But but he's like he's drowning under a tartan tsunami of stereotypes <laughs> just for every other minute he's on screen. Uh
0: yeah, I feel like this is a case of an actor working really hard. Uh and it's a tough gig. It's one of those things where like you see this in a lot of these kinds of movies where somebody is saying all right i'm gonna i feel like i am supposed to be the comic relief so director dustin reichert you're gonna tell me when i'm doing too much right you're gonna pull me in like that's a director's job and i think this just the director was like yeah sure just do it and then the director like looked over here and then they filmed the scene and the director was like Ah yeah sure we got it. we got to keep moving so sure i guess that was fine like it feels like this guy is just going for it under the assumption that if he gave too much somebody's gonna tell him and just nobody told him so he just goes and and bless him for it I appreciate it but yeah at times it's just exhausting
1: yeah I mean when he first appeared my partner thought he was a leprechaun
0: I wondered if he was going to prove to be a magical elf uh and again I don't want to spoil number 10 when we get Santa Claus but like I thought he was going to be magical yeah It, it fit to me and it made perfect sense but a little Disappointed that, spoiler alert, he's not, as far as we know, unless he was sacrificed for the birth of the magic baby. Uh, number six, evil woman or a male boss obsessed with the bottom line. There are, these movies don't have villains anymore. I miss villains in my Christmas movies.
1: <sighs> yeah, there was, you know, there was no one to... We've already discussed the sort of tension, the misunderstandings between the siblings. That didn't feel... Too uh, far out of line for anyone. Even uh-huh. their resentment at the mother didn't feel too far out of uh-huh. line, because as you, as you say, like, well, you can understand why someone might not mention everything. So. Even the tension that was there wasn't ratcheted up And there was was nobody to cast a shadow And put a spanner in the works
0: Right and you have like a town that Oh what does this town do if these people don't take ownership Well like isn't there a greedy Land developer standing like Right on the other side saying like Well I'm going to raise all of the grounds And destroy the pubs and instead I'm going to start building a I don't know bagpipe factory Something but no we don't even get that So it's like they they just don't have bite anymore And I, I miss that Someone's um,
1: someone's son or daughter who may have been in line to be the stand in yeah, if they failed yeah. causing havoc on the estate. Come and, on. You know.
0: We had it in the princess movie Christmas Switch movies. Why don't we have it here? So seven is the montage, and thankfully we do get at least one I only really clocked one, but it was I thought it could, it was one that made it work for me. Uh do you do you remember the montage? I might have missed an extra one.
1: Was it the whiskey tasting? It was
0: the whiskey tasting. Yeah. Tell me about this whiskey tasting montage. Well,
1: it's, um, it's, there's only so much you can do with whiskey tasting. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> quite a, it's like quite not a even salt. tequila
0: where you can do the lemon and the salt. Like, no, it's just, you just take a shot. Yeah. Um, so it didn't
1: feel like the most, uh, lively montage.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm but, with you on that.
1: I was happy when I saw it because I did think that ticks montage. <laughs> it,
0: it did take it.
1: I I can't recall any I other. I think that was montage. the
0: only one. <laughs> And they do – it's another strange scene that, like, is kind of – oh, and it feels almost like it was montage after the fact of, like, they had filmed a scene of everybody doing it, and then they're like, no, you know what, we didn't do a montage, let's do that here. Uh, We'll talk about the music when we get to music, because the music in this is frantic and terrifying. Uh, And it's – this montage to me, like, somehow it feels both really fast and really slow motion at the same time, because the music is really quick, and, like, they're doing shots, but then it's, like, slow motion tasting. It was – the pacing kind of unnerved me sort of felt like that painting i think there was something uncanny happening and i don't quite know what it was but it was a little upsetting uh number eight was slapstick which i didn't catch much did you
1: no um you know I, in fact was there anything
0: i no. i think just hamish in general was supposed to be kind of like big and gloppy and and that and then to me like yeah the only thing that sort of fit was like oh we have some dancing right we have like
1: dancing like yeah like characters that don't know how to dance like suddenly
0: being brought on stage to dance and then we have like a whole dance break right with a special guest star will kemp
1: but uh yeah but but nobody went over and how do i know will kemp
0: Uh, because he's been in about 75 of these kinds of movies see what's funny when he came on so there's a scene like he's playing mac's brother-in-law and everybody's at the bar everybody's dancing having a good time and this guy shows up and he looks you look at him and you're like oh you're wait you're the romantic lead wait who's who because to me all of these men look exactly alike and i face blindness them uh but this guy comes in And Lacey Chabert says to him like Do I know you? And I immediately said I'm like oh I bet they've done these movies Together and sure enough the two Of them have been in a few of uh, Hallmark movies I think, um, like, some of which involved dancing. Like, I think there was, like, a Christmas waltz and waltzing in Christmas and a waltz for Christmas and all those kinds of movies. Uh, Also, he was in uh, two things that are near and dear to my heart. Spinning Out, which was the Netflix figure skating drama from a few years ago.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
0: And Step Up to the Streets. Oh, right.
1: I'll I'll know him from that as well. Yeah,
0: so he is a dancer and a, you know, handsome guy who shows up in these movies. Yeah, he
1: as soon as he appears, I didn't uh I didn't make the connection that you did, but I did think oh he's going to be someone factoring into the plot somehow. Yeah. And I was completely wrong.
0: Yeah. No, not this movie is not nearly as complex as I think both of us overthought it to be. And on that note, number nine is the sage old person. So in this case, I feel like there's two candidates right? Cause we have two people kind of over the age of 60 in this movie. Uh, yeah. One is Joe, our our matriarch who doesn't like, she is sage with her daughter-in-law, <laughs> right? She has like some moments with um, Scott Wolf's wife where she kind of gives him, her some advice. But the, the other one that again, like I really thought was going to be magical was the butler cook, Groundskeeper. Yeah. What was his title? Like, what is his job?
1: Um, I, I don't know if he was ever given the the full title, but I assumed he was kind of a a a butler type, sort of.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
1: I was going to say handmade, but
0: that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, why not?
1: Like
0: I believe you, I, you said that's what however, you call him.
1: I would, however, add a third contender, where oh. as this movie is blending mm. so many things together. Of uh, Max mother.
0: Yes, yes, the Doctor Amelia. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But,
1: but again, we're we're lacking the actual magic and the, the sprinkle effect.
0: oh uh, no sprinkle effects, facts, no Santa Claus I thought either the dead brother Or the butler were going to be Santa Claus
1: Yeah, and the only Santa Claus we get Well we do get Scott Wolf it's... as Santa Claus, I mean, but
0: that doesn't oh, Yeah, sure <laughs> I guess if like, you really are, are, need something Then yeah So disappointing on that front Uh, But now let's talk about music. We're in the bonus round. Uh, Okay, we're talking about free public domain holiday songs, of which there are many. And you know which ones they are just based on watching any of these movies. And when you hear Jingle Bells and Hark the Herald Angels Sing and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, um, all of these songs are done in a musical style. What is that musical style?
1: They are presented through the medium of bagpipes. Of
0: bagpipes is it a common thing in scotland the way like we hear mariah carey every day like do you just hear bagpipe versions of of christmas songs all the time
1: Oh, god no and i couldn't stand it if we did see now bagpipes i i have been to the i don't know if you know about the military tattoo in edinburgh it's a big deal every summer. Okay. I went at once it's in Edinburgh Castle everyone performs and at one moment in the evening you usually get the lone piper stands on the battlements plays something amazing. You get goosebumps, fantastic. There are places in Edinburgh where pipers will stand and play quite often through the day. Tourists love to see them. Mm-hmm. They're near wedding venues, they do that. Um but there are times when you have pipers out on the streets trying to make extra money and they'll try and play a medley of pop hits. Bagpipes just don't really work for that. They're <laughs> not, they're not conducive to every pop hit. You just want to deliver, including popular Christmas cards. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, it was, it was painful. And really they're painful. all
0: really fast. That's the other thing that was really like weirdly upsetting to me. Silent night, right? Silent night is a haunting, slow song. They play it at like quintuple speed, and I am trying to catch my breath listening listening to Silent Night on bagpipes. It, why? What is that choice?
1: I would have paid a handsome sum of money. For Mike Myers to appear just to be shouting, Piper down, we have a Piper
0: (laughs) I don't think this movie could have afforded it. (laughs) (sighs) Now, the next thing that also comes up, like, wildly in this movie. So, I had debated, like, this was one that I added last year, because it seemed to keep coming up. Um, But, like, this movie has proved to me that, no, the ridiculously complicated holiday cocktail and the family recipes are, like, they're going crazy in these movies. I blame, like, cooking shows being more popular but my gosh, the amount of like I wrote a bunch down. To, what are some of the ones that you caught? So we we talked about the Mac mistletoe mocha that you get at the airport, apparently. Uh, which like again, I had to pause this movie and rewind twice within the first minute to capture what they said. But some of the other things. There's there's a lot of, of food that sounds terrible. What did you think?
1: Uh yeah. Well, Thanks for reminding me that the, the Mac Mistletoe mocha was like the first thing you see yeah, yeah. on screen. Because I'm like, really? Is this what people think you get when you come to Scotland?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go to Hawaii, um, you get the lay, you go to Scotland, you get the Mac <laughs> Mistletoe mocha. <laughs>
1: and um, one of them, I've forgotten the exact name, but I basically thought this was taking a turn into like Fifty Shades of Tinsel when they mentioned <laughs> it. It was, was it just called the Dirty Reindeer or the Muddy Reindeer? Oh,
0: gosh. So there was, Um. okay, so let me see. They they had, like, there was Scottish Sparkle. I don't know what that is, but somebody orders it, and it looks like kind of like a big, Um. like, not Mai Tai, but, like, it looks like cranberry and vodka, but with umbrellas. There was that. Highball, oh, Highland Snowball Cocktail. I don't know what was in that, but somebody orders that. Um... Some kind of cocoa Reindeer thing. I guess they talk about how, like, when they were kids, they would eat hot cocoa and they would put, like, cookies inside of it. That
1: was the one when they first mentioned it. I think they call it, like, the Muddy Reindeer. The muddy right Reindeer. It was it. the Muddy
0: Reindeer. You're I, right. I couldn't I catch, you catch what they said. Like,
1: Where's this film going? Because that was before <laughs> you realized they were talking about cocoa and cookies. And, and that these this. are brother and sister. Yeah. I was like, you... Who wrote this without context for what we then know is yeah. an innocent hot chocolate? Mix.
0: Yeah, they had some drink at the bar that I didn't catch the name of, but actually looked good. It was like a, it looked almost like eggnog with whiskey, something like that. And it was, it had like uh, a cinnamon rim on it.
1: Yeah, they didn't drink I'm, it. I mean, they like,
0: they're like, wow, the this yellow- looks great, and then they put it on their table. The
1: yellowish drink is, uh, I think, I think it was advoca. Do you have advoca in America?
0: I'm not familiar with it. Um, I, it's
1: it seems like a kind of um, it's more like an old fashioned drink nowadays. Okay. But it's almost it's almost like a, I would say it's kind of an eggnog liqueur mm-hmm. type. Okay, thing. okay, that's
0: that's uh, what it looked like.
1: Bear in mind, I'm no longer a drinker, so I'm not <laughs> up to date with these things. But yeah, it's uh, and and a Christmas time drink. People would have sort of advoca available at parties and things. You would have okay. advoca lemonade.
0: Oh, right, that uh, makes sense. I'm now one thinking though in my head that like any one of these drink names with the word virgin in front of them actually sounds even dirtier. <laughs> I'll have a muddy virgin reindeer, please. Uh, there was also a lot of food, so we had. Um, Let's see. There was uh, candy cane, sugar cookies, Yule bread, and again, like with the sort of overwrittenness of this movie, when um, Sage Old Magical Butler is cooking and he gives Lacey Chabert a speech about making like a Christmas pudding soufflé and how it's like a metaphor for a new start in life and all that. So again, nobody eats a bite in this movie, but there's there's a lot of food out there. Uh, number three is our small business in danger. I mean, I thought like the whole town was in danger of something and I didn't understand what, right?
1: Yeah, it it's meant to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, because they, they rely on the good fortune of the whole estate.
0: Something like that. Now, product placement. Did this movie make you want to buy anything?
1: Um. If I had the money, I'd probably buy Scotland uh, after yeah. watching this movie.
0: I'm with you. The <laughs> bagpipe,
1: definitely. Even, even, though, even though it was filmed in
0: Ireland. <laughs> even though it was not filmed there. Uh,
1: there wasn't... It, it put me off more than anything. I don't want to arrive in Edinburgh Airport and be given a, a, a Mac. <laughs> t- t- I don't want to market. arrive and be given
0: diabetes. I think that's where <laughs> I was thinking with yeah. this. Uh, the other thing... I, was, I meant to look it up and didn't. Because it felt like the... this is something I I also haven't figured out. There's a fair amount of alcohol in this movie. And, I mean, nobody is getting drunk, but there is alcohol constantly. And there's a lot of talk about whiskey. There's a a whiskey tasting. Um, And yet this movie is still TVG. So I guess the rules have completely changed, and now we can drink on camera on a TVG and not have to explain to kids that they shouldn't. But it's just an interesting uh, thing. And I wondered if that whiskey name was real, but I don't think it was. Um, it was.
1: I can't remember the exact name, but it was certainly a. If it wasn't a real whiskey, which I I just can't remember off to mm-hmm. my head, it it was along the lines of you know how those whiskeys are named. Okay. okay. You, you get you get your Macallans and your your different whiskies. <laughs> your
0: MacBells. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I didn't realize, uh, you know, over your way it would be you know necessarily viewed as a bad thing for adults to be seen sometimes drinking but it felt because it felt all nice and cozy anyway like Mm -hmm. the whiskey montage scene is definitely a cozy warming sequence yes and is still in line with the the touristy side of the the scottish Mm -hmm. setting yeah
0: yeah it's not used in a way to suggest any like anything nefarious or any impairment like it's purely almost part of culture in this movie
1: yeah, which is maybe how they view Scotland. <laughs> I would guess.
0: <laughs> so number five is The Cloying Child, which I we had really no kids in this movie, um, which, again, I'm usually thankful for. Uh, we did, the, I mean, the closest we came. So my next, again, uh, question, cultural question, Shetland Ponies, tell me everything.
1: I, again, have very little experience with Shetland Ponies. are you really scottish
0: then because this movie makes me think that you're not scottish if you don't like go play with shetland ponies in december
1: and i wasn't aware that you know shetland ponies were to be brought out and paraded in december now maybe they are maybe that is uh a a tradition in more rural areas Mm. but i i've not i've not seen them paraded through the streets
0: all right well scottish listeners tell us the truth about shetland ponies Uh, Number six, finding the perfect tree. There is, I mean, even in a movie where you don't need trees, there is still a a tree cut down scene. Uh, Do you remember anything about it?
1: I remember um, it was... They had that that many trees.
0: They kept saying, like, oh, we have so many trees, and we keep cutting them down.
1: But then they could always have... Room for one more that they were going to pick specifically,
0: uh, yeah, it was it was again, it was that like really, like somebody really thought they were writing out important metaphors because when yeah. Mac Bell is cutting down the tree and Lindsay's kind of like, well, you already have thirty of them, why do you need more? And he starts like describing it as, well, you can take it down, but then it always we replant one, and it's somehow it turns into a metaphor about the relationship with your sibling, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how. But it got there. So, uh, number seven, my favorite one: empty coffee cup acting.
1: I am I am certainly not as good as you are at spotting this, but um, I've I I gave Vicky your list as well, oh, so we're looking. And every so often, Vicky was just pointing and saying, "Yeah, there's nothing in that." Coffee
0: cup, coffee cup. Yeah, no. yeah. Ring a bell like every time it happens. And there's a lot in this one. I mean, the first scene, yeah. the very first scene, they're in an airport, they're shoved mocha, mistletoe, Mac drink, and, like, just immediately, you're given what looks like a hot drink, and you just go, just slurp it down. Isn't it hot? Did McDonald's teach us nothing?
1: I think that was the only one I clearly spotted, but there was, um, was it maybe when they were walking through the market or somewhere at the market? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was it was something there. Uh, but, yeah, And yeah like since i've watched this we've now watched on our four or five christmas tv movies oh, so and tough. every time now <laughs> vicky's gone yeah. nothing that cup.
0: Cup. every time every time oh man i wish i could remember there was one movie i think in my nine years of doing this that where i was like that cup is full and that has been the only time and again it's like actors that have done this now all the time and i don't understand why they don't practice or why they haven't gotten better but it's just not valued uh, now similar number eight is our actors trying very hard to eat to pretend to eat on camera without actually taking a bite of anything on camera uh, a couple scenes of eating in this movie uh, there's one where either um, I could not really clock it where it's where they're having their like big Scottish breakfast and Scott Wolf has like I don't know if he's just, like puffing air in his cheeks or if he actually had like a bit of a scone in his mouth at the time but he's he's working so i appreciate that but he's also like a real actor so that might be why he didn't get the memo that he isn't supposed to actually eat anything
1: uh, i think that's also to help illustrate the uh culture clash with oh that kind of like breakfast that. so right. i think you know um wasn't butler man explaining some of the ingredients yep yep and then there were sort of med munch
0: oh yeah (laughs) well we had the wacky this is what haggis is moment yep yep uh there was one thing this movie also did was it had baking without baking it had a lot of like here come and and mix and they're sort of start mixing and then they're just standing there holding empty bowls and such so that i'm just watching it thinking like you have to keep stirring if you want the right consistency you are making it gummy now and that bothered me Let's see, number nine, uh, we don't have Canadianisms in this movie because it wasn't filmed in Canada, though it also wasn't filmed in Scotland. Um, so I would like to ask you then, was anything, did anything jump out to you as this isn't Scotland, this is Ireland?
1: Not particularly because of, uh, you know, they, they tended to keep it based around the estate. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you know, um, or or the grounds of the estate. You only had... The, the one trip, really, to the market. And the, the even the pub felt like it was in the estate somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it was almost like their own pub. Uh, yeah. Again, what I would say to you is I I was pleasantly surprised that I did feel when I watched Christmas in Scotland, I don't mean this to be a, a, a two-pronged uh, podcast for you, but I felt that that was more uh, genuinely... Scottish, Ooh. And it turned out that that was filmed in at least partly in Fife in Scotland.
0: Oh, okay. So folks, so... if you want the realer deal, check out <laughs> so not, Christmas in Scotland.
1: Nothing jumped out at me here for uh, seeming too out of place, but it kind of jumped out at me in Christmas in Scotland as, as feeling like, oh,
0: that, that
1: might have been filmed somewhere really mm. there. And I still had to check. So you know, it's not—it's yeah. not as if they're just uh, walking around the side of uh, Arthur Seat or Edinburgh mm. Castle. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is nice though to see it because I think like it's funny. My husband joked to me when I said I'm watching Mary Scottish Christmas. He's like, "So like, is anything in film in Scotland?" Because then I said, "I'm like, you know what? It's the it's the Lacey Chabert Hallmark movie. So probably." Whereas if this was the, is if this was Lifetime, if this was like one of the. Uh, lesser, the lower Profile ones, because we know We've had those, we've we've had like A royal holiday, a, a New York holiday that were very clearly in Canada, so this one being The higher profile, I'm like, I don't Think they're going to fake They would not have chosen To do a Scottish film if they weren't going to Add some kind of genuine uh, You know Authenticity to it, or reason for it to Look slightly exotic to, you know, us Americans um, so I think because it this is one, you can tell sometimes, this is still a low-budget movie by most standards, but for Hallmark, this is a higher budget.
1: Yeah, and I think they can maybe maximize uh, what they get out of it by, yeah. uh, I mean, no guarantee, but I reckon we've seen a, a few on this theme recently, and I think they may be... If they can access a location for a decent price for however many days or weeks, they can maybe go there, still film a bunch of different stuff, and you'll get them dotted throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, look, that's
0: what Charles Band did his whole career in the 80s to 90s, right? There was one castle in Romania that, like, half of his movies were filmed in.
1: There's got to be at least probably one, uh, a very Scottish valentine coming yep. at, at some point if it hasn't been already and, and just different stuff that they can do there which yep. is you know the the way they want to do it, it's absolutely fine sure. and uh, it, it gets it gets the actors out to have a, a nice little trip
0: yeah and, and probably you know presumably pump some money into this local town and you know anytime filming like this happens somewhere it's there's probably some downsides but hey if it's handled well it can be a good little economic boost so Let's see, number 10, and we know that town needed it because, you know, they they don't have a duke and duchess, so all oh, these things are very really important. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is the warm weather watch. Um, no, I don't know. You told me today it is, what, December something, December 3rd. Uh, you were telling me it is snowing. Now you are in England, not Scotland, but, you know, very close. Um, there was snow on the ground in this movie. Uh, do you, are you able to walk outside in, like, just a nice long sleeve shirt today? I wouldn't
1: want to, no oh,
0: Yeah, unlike the characters oh. in this movie it, it felt a little warm, right?
1: Yeah, it's, um, well, and we don't usually have snow at the right time here, that's the thing mm. So this is kind of uh, even colder than usual now And we've had a, a bit of a spell just for a few days But what we normally get is we normally get the cold and we get the rain And the wind, Mm. and that's it. And particularly in Scotland, you don't necessarily. If you get snow, it doesn't settle because it's followed by a lot of rain. mm, Okay, Uh, it's just it's more miserable than no. You don't often get. You know, well, uh, I can't remember the last time we had a a full picture-perfect white Christmas. But you're going to get up for these movies. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I'm never counting on them to do a good job with the weather when it's... Particularly when it's set in Scotland.
0: No. Uh, yeah. the I mean, they were wearing coats and we're going to talk about coats in a minute, um, but the coats were never buttoned, so... Uh.
1: Uh, Lacey Chabert's dress, she would just be an icicle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, chilly. Not, not a lot not much coverage. So number 11 is old people aggressively matchmaking our leads. There was a little... This wasn't quite as, like, sometimes it gets pretty bad. Sometimes it's, like, the mother just, like, all but locking a door on two young people and, like, forcing them to become a couple. Uh, And this one, I think everybody kind of wanted Lindsay and Mac Bell to get together, um, even though they live thousands of miles apart. Uh, But there was nothing that seemed egregious about it, I guess.
1: No, uh, the the pushiness came from Scott Wolfe. True. Just saying, saying, there there you go, I have to go back inside to do something. And, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't, yeah, it didn't lock them together. Mm-hmm. It just encouraged Lacey Chabert to spend time with James Robinson. So yeah, that, with this that, handsome tall okay. man
0: who seemed very good at things that she needed him to be good at. So, yeah. yeah. Right, because even that, it was like, who's going to take care of the property? I don't know, the guy that's been doing it for 30 years and also happens to be kind of sexy? Like, that all worked out well uh and then number 12 last one favorite fashion moment so there's there's a lot of this movie d- does a lot with clothing um there are a lot of choices there are a lot of and and generationally right so we have so Joe has very, a very nice way of, of dressing she goes to see her her old childhood friend who has this kind of like bohemian vibe about her with like kind of long flowy things like a big chunky necklace uh so there were things going on where I'm like, hey, everybody's looking very pleasant in this movie, but for me, the big highlight—and this is often a thing that you find in these movies—but I was thinking. So, when they first go on this trip, how long is this trip supposed to be? Do you remember? Because they're not supposed to be there through like the holiday. It's like supposed to be like a like, what, three day, five day? Yeah,
1: yeah, only only a few days. Kind of a weekend trip, right? Initially, wasn't it? Because right, because she has to make the decision to stay. Yeah, because initially she's got to head straight back after whatever business is revealed.
0: Right. How many winter coats do you pack for, let's say, a five-day trip? How many coats? Coats. Outerwear coats are you packing?
1: Me, I, I pack the one. Well. That's, that's just me. Well, I'm not a, I'm not in a Hallmark Christmas movie.
0: I mean, Lacey packed at least four Four that I counted That I noted And I didn't start doing this Until about three quarters Of the way through the movie At which point There were still three more to come So I, I don't know what I missed But she has a very uh, She has a very She starts with a red peacoat At one point She's wearing a blue peacoat Her mother has a lovely Green peacoat That I kind of wanted Then She has a Black peacoat And then a patterned Almost Scottish and Maybe she got that one While she was there I'll give her, I'll give her that But it just seemed like a lot of peacoats.
1: I I would put it to you with respect, Emily, that you must be wrong because she arrived in Scotland with a very small suitcase on wheels. Uh, That's that's all we (sighs) see. So that would never hold all those coats plus the rest of her clothes. I mean, she's a fairly small
0: person, so presumably her peacoat size is probably small. But coats are, are thick. They take up room. They're wool. They, You try to stack them down in a suitcase, you're right. She would have needed like seven suitcases for that.
1: Because didn't she also have all the Christmas PJs in there as a yeah, gift?
0: there was a lot of Christmas PJs, you're right. Yeah. And then, I'm assuming
1: a separate van brought the rest maybe, of the wardrobe.
0: Maybe she like commissioned a ship to go there ahead of time. Because that could have even been more economical at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, did you have a fashion moment? Was there, you know any of the kilts that jumped out to you
1: well yeah <laughs> actually uh, i don't want to uh sound obvious but i actually i thought scott wolf looked really like really good in yeah. his in his big final uh duke and kilted duke mm-hmm. moment uh i thought he wore it well and yeah. i was kind of uh impressed that they they managed to make it look uh, fit for the party and nice and dressy and showy, but also it, it just it was quite tasteful and quite well done.
0: And that's the kind of thing like you really want in these movies. Like every one of these movies, you want a ball. Right? You yeah. want some form of Christmas prom to happen where everybody gets to get really dressed up and look pretty. And it's one of those things that like I remember years ago watching, I forget the movie, but it was a Lori Laughlin one. And I was able to clock the fact that her hair never changed the entire movie until the last scene. And I thought, wow, like they actually filmed 90% of this movie probably over the course of a day because you can't keep hair a certain way. But then it meant that the finale, when everybody was dressed differently and had their hair done differently, it like was like this wow moment of like, wow, look, everybody looks so good. So I agree. I think that ball let everybody look nice you had other Scottish nobility there dressed to the nines. Lacey Chabert's like green gown with kind of the um, the patterned overlay was very pretty. Again, not really winter red- ready, but yeah. Hopefully she had a nice cape or or another peacoat for when she went outside.
1: Oh, I feel <laughs> I so many peacoats.
0: So many peacoats. So many peacoats. Uh, so with all that being said... Do you, where did you land on a Merry Scottish Christmas and do you recommend the people seek it out?
1: I ended up liking it. Um, I was kind of annoyed that I knew it wasn't hitting enough of the points that mm-hmm. we cover when uh, going through your checklist because. I thought we've done uh, a night before Christmas. I couldn't remember. I think one of the Princess Switch movies. I can't remember if we've covered another. And they've never seemed to be the fully traditional. Christmas Yeah. TV oh, we
0: did um, so, um the 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 Daenerys one. Uh, why can't I rem- last oh, Christmas? Oh, uh, last Christmas. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so when this one started, I was like, Lacey Chabert's in it. We're heading. Right. This the has got to be yeah. the epitome. <laughs> So other other than that, like I was I was genuinely pleased to see uh in and I think mm-hmm. she is a sell for these movies. I think yeah. if people are used to watching these, they will see her name in it and be like, oh, I like her. I'll put some. Yeah. So that's a plus. I thought Scott Wolf was was like really it was really nice to see him mm-hmm. in this, and I generally like the leads. It does absolutely lean into the the sort of the the tartan clad biscuit <laughs> tourist version of Scotland Yes, but that is you know that's a thing that Scotland does itself it's yeah. a lot of money still goes through all these highland areas with that kind of imagery and, and all that stuff being sold so you know you can't you can't make your money from that for decades and then complain when other people use it Sure. To sell your area in movies uh, I, I think it was uh, enjoyable, charming yeah. I would I would recommend it. The biggest bugbear was the constant bagpipe medley so many of bagpipes. Christmas songs. Like yeah, if you can mute the bagpipe <laughs> this, and then just come back in a few seconds later For the dialogue.
0: Okay, I wonder if they're trying to sell the soundtrack to this movie. Cause they I kind of appreciate that the music at least has a point of view. <laughs> Because so often in these, like, it's the same recording used over and over again, you hear, like, that Noel, you're like, oh yeah, that was just in the other, I'm watching a waltz for Christmas, this was not a Christmas waltz. So I, I, I appreciate the fact that there was a little more thought behind some of the decisions on the filmmaking side of, okay, we're gonna, you know, what is the score gonna be? Well, it's gotta be Scottish, gotta be bagpipes. Okay, it doesn't have to be all backpipes. Nope, gotta be backpipes. Okay. So you're right, it's not overly pleasant, but it did at least define this movie in a way for whereas these movies are always so forgettable and so blend into one another. You had things that made it at least kind of gave it a stamp, which I appreciate. Uh, and I'd agree. I think this is not one that if you don't like these movies, this isn't a movie that's going to make you like these movies or that is going to appeal to you. But if you do watch these movies and you look for the ones that are actually made well, I think this is. This is the exact kind of... It doesn't transcend the the genre the way every now and then you get like a three wise men and a baby where you're like, wait, this is just good. It's not just good for being a Hallmark movie. It's just good. This isn't quite that, but for a Hallmark movie, it is it is good. Yeah.
1: yeah like i would i would happily accidentally watch this again (laughs) yeah
0: yep and i feel like if you did you would you can't
1: find the remote control
0: yep and you it wouldn't be a thing that's happened to me before where it's like accidentally watching it and like it's like i'm at 30 minutes in when i realize wait no i've seen this before like this one i think you'd remember pretty quickly like oh no 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 i did watch this this does have its own stamp so that's all something yeah. And again, if you like Peacoats, hey, have I got a movie for you. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us more about where else we can find you and hear you and read you.
1: Oh, uh, good grief. I am weekly with Raiders of the Podcast. We uh, tend to just get together and try and often hurt one another with movie choices. <laughs> Oh, usually drop an episode every Saturday. I've had an ongoing uh, discussion with Dave, who's our tech guy. Uh, unfortunately, I think on our, our sort of feeds, it caps it at twenty five episodes. I'm sure there's something that could be adjusted a limiter, mm-hmm. but uh, so wherever you look for us, it shows the last twenty five episodes. We've been going for about six and a half years, so there are many more episodes than that. We've been weekly. For pretty much 99% of that, that time uh, So you can always dig around And find me there I try and do a daily movie review On my blog For man's And that uh, really just helps me Justify a lot of my viewing choices
0: <laughs> I, I'm with you <laughs> and,
1: and, and it's a memory aid for me Like you say You can yeah. easily watch films like this And get 20-30 minutes And think oh yeah I did watch this one three years ago uh so i do that it's all uh well generally all christmas movies at the moment if i can uh if i can find them and once a week i'll do a video on youtube there's no editing involved it's not polished and it shows that i'll never be a tiktok professional
0: (laughs) nothing wrong with that we (laughs) have enough of those in the world instead we need more mac bells we need more Hamish's we need more bagpipes and so all of those things and more Uh, please follow Kevin I'll put all of that in the show notes and have yourself a merry Scottish Christmas hit it